Hi, welcome to the Advisors Podcast where we talk about how to get more clients, increase commissions, have longevity in the advisory business as well as the lessons and journey that I myself have learned along the way in helping you become wealthy, purposeful and happy. Today, I'm going to share with you three ways to grow your advisory business, okay? And there's only three ways, like three. Okay, of which the first way, I think a lot of people would be very familiar with it. I don't think it should come as a surprise. But the second and third one involves, you know, a way that doesn't involve like having to add more clients. Okay, so these are the three ways I'm going to share them with you in this video. The first way to obviously grow a business is, you know, you get more clients, right? And this is, you know, pretty standard, right? You get more clients. So obviously, if let's say on a month to month basis, you're acquiring you know, let's say five clients, right? And all you need to do is, you know, obviously if you want more production, you want to have more commissions and whatnot, all you need to do is to add more clients, right? Add five more on a monthly basis and you get 10, right? And this new number should increase, technically speaking, to a certain extent, the production that you earn, number one. And then number two, your clientele base, right? So this is like, the simplest ever, right? Just get more clients um, and then you are able to increase your production and clientele. Straightforward, right? So this is the first strategy, right? The second way is to actually increase case size, right? Increase case size from each client or from each case that you close, right? This is literally like the thing that we, you know, that I really suggest focusing on on the second way purely because if you look at the first one, we should get more clients, right? It's adding more clients or having more clientele doesn't necessarily mean a large proportional increase in production. So for example, because like, let's say you, you have an iFarmer clients, but all these clients are usually, you know, the cases that you close maybe are more like a personal accident plan or like a hospitalization plan, for example, right? Now, not, obviously not that it's bad, but you know, if you look at in terms of production and everything else, relatively speaking, you know, having one more client doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you get an increase in, you know, $1,000 FYC or like commissions in that sense, right? That's the reason why the second way to increase more production and grow your business is to increase case size, right? So obviously the first route that I think everybody will go into is like, okay, cool. So instead of selling um, a savings plan, for example, at $200 a month, a lot of people think that increasing case size would be like, okay, cool. So instead of uh, opening at $200 a month, and then you should open them at, for example, um, $600 a month, for example, right? So instead of selling $200, we sell them at, uh, or we, you know, recommend at $600 a month, assuming it fits the needs, okay? All these are assuming that it fits the client's needs, okay? So instead of $200, it's $600 a month, right? Now, the problem with this idea, obviously, is good, right? But I'm just saying that, obviously, the, the one of the biggest problem when people think of it this way is that it creates this barrier and it's pretty restrictive, right? Because not everybody can just, okay, you know, has a budget of like 200 to 600 within like that same sitting, right? Maybe over the years, yes, but within the same sitting, it's not easy to just say, okay, cool, you know, you're a fresh graduate, um, instead of 200, let's let's try 600 a month. It, it's gonna be a little bit more difficult. Not saying that it can't happen, but usually it's not the easiest, right? So the way to think about increasing of case size is to look at incremental margins, right? So what I mean by that is, so, Look at B, yeah? So let's say it's $250 a month. And what you need to do, instead of selling at $500 or $600, which is twice the amount that you, you're going to rec initially recommend, right? All you need to do is, you know, you can ask the prospect and put it in the way, right? Okay, instead of $250, how about we do it at $285 a month, 
right? So the difference is just 35 bucks a month, right? Which is not too, too much of a big deal, right? Like it's just 35 bucks more, right? A single month, right? And and I think, you know, obviously for the prospect, you know, it shouldn't be too much of uh, an issue in a sense because it's just 35 bucks. But it means, so the amount is small, but if you look at percentage increment, this is leading to a 14% increment, right? 14%. Okay, so literally just within like 35 bucks, like even if you just increase $35 a month, which is a small number, but in terms of production, it's 14% incre increase, right? It increased 40% of production, whether it's commissions or premiums. Now, then if the thing here is that if you do this across all the case size, all the cases that you do, let's say even a, let's say a personal accident plan, right? You know, maybe it's 20 bucks a month, for example. I, I think it should be lesser, right? Let's say it's 10, 10 bucks a month, right? Just selling it at $15 a month or like $18 a month, right? Which is just that five or $8 more results in a 14 to 25% increment in margins, right? So if you think of it this way, and if you apply it to all your cases, right? You don't ask for the two times, three times, right? You don't ask for like, oh, instead of 200, let's do 600. No, because your prospect will probably have a lot of resistance. So what you're gonna do is, instead of 250, you'll be like, okay, how about 280, 285, right? And that is a lot more easier for the prospect or your particular in your potential client to really accept that kind of uh, increment, right? Because it's just a small little ask. But if you apply this strategy across all your cases, then you're gonna have at least a 14% increment, right? Now, this is huge because if you think about like your entire year, when you're running for your entire year, if, you, if you're on a high side, right? If you do 100,000 commissions, Okay, let me just put first year commissions, right? First year commissions. This would mean it's an additional 14,000, right? Like $14,000 that just comes in just by you asking and upselling that or increase in case size just by a little bit, right? So this is like 14,000 more, right? But obviously, if let's say we go on to um, something that is a little bit, even if it goes something smaller, right? Like if let's say you earn 30,000 in the entire year, 14% of that, right, is about 4,009, right, 4,009, that's almost like 5k more, right, so you think about it, just entire year, you don't have to find an additional client, you don't have to find another 10 more clients, all you need to do is just apply this strategy and ask a little bit more, and you get $5,000 more, right, just think about that, right, so obviously, you know, the increment depends on how much you ask for and how you ask it, but even if you go for just a small ask with 10, 14, 15%, uh, it gets you a lot more production, right? Do not underestimate this purely because like, if you look at, you know, sometimes when you're running for awards, like your MDRT and whatnot, usually that 10 or 15% of um, production, usually the shortfall between where you're at right now and your goal is usually maybe like 10, 15, 20% difference, right? And just applying this could literally get you that a lot easier without adding additional clients, right? So that strategy, that's the second way to grow your business, okay? Now, the third way, is to increase frequency, right? Increase frequency of, let me just put it here, purchases, okay? Increase frequency of purchases, right? So I think this is something that um, a little more common that most people do, which is, uh, and there are two ways to go about it, right? The first way, it's cross-sell, right? Or I will put it in a way like you just bundle up like the, kind of like products within like the same setting or the same appointment, right? So instead of just selling um, a shoe plan, right? You want a shoe plus maybe an accident plan, right? Instead of just selling a term plan, you just sell a term 
and maybe let me just put a wealth wa right a wealth accumulation plan right it could be a savings plan an investment plan or whatnot right and then you can really just add on and there's a lot of other things that can go about it right it could be instead of just selling a term it could be a term and a shoe it could be a shoe and a whole life for example right a whole life of libraries so it's kind of like putting it in a bundle most of the time like when you when you meet a prospect and whatnot there's usually other areas um, in their financial planning that have loopholes or flaws that you know can help to cover in that sense right so if you position and present it in a bundle like hey this is for you if you are a fresh graduate right these are the things that you need at this amount and these are the different products in that sense right that suits and serves your need right then from there then of course this is a recommendation then anything that you tailor down according to their budget their situation and whatnot right so it's kind of like how you want to bundle things together versus just selling one product, right? Or just selling one, oh, I only want to do investments or only want to do shoe plan, term plan and whatnot, right? So that's the first one, right? So first one obviously is to, you know, increase the frequency of purchases through cross-selling or like um, product bundling, right? Now, the next one that you can do is to service and revisit um, your clients, right? So what's the difference, right? The first one, cross-sell, up-sell, bundle, right? It's more like in the same appointment or in the same setting, this is what you do as a whole, right? Okay, you sell all together at once, maybe two or three together, right? The second one is more like, cool, after you acquire a client and maybe you only sold one product or two products in a sense, then maybe one year later, one and a half years or few years down the road, this is where you can increase the, per the frequency of their purchases again, right? Like going back to them, revisiting them, you know, servicing them and everything else, right? So... In, in marketing and business terms, um, there's this thing called like LTV, right? Which means to say it's called lifetime value. So what this means is that, you know, throughout the lifetime of the relationship with your client, and that could be six months, one year, three years, four years, five years, right? Um, how much or how many times are they going to buy from you? Because most of the time, as advisors, we usually only look at the first year, right? The first time that they buy, oh, how big is the case and everything else. But we, you know, I'm not that used to really considering like, okay, the next one, two, three, four, five years later, how many more times is this particular client going to buy, right? And if you think about it, if that same client just buy another one to two more products from you, and that could be a savings plan, or that could just be an additional term coverage, you literally just like increase your production without adding new clients, right? Without finding more prospects, without asking for referrals even. That's another way to really increase your frequency of these purchases. Obviously, the, again, the assumption is that it fits their needs, yada, yada, and everything else, right? Everything that is ethical and stuff like that. Why is this so important? Because the other thing I want to bring up, right, is that, you know, when you go about this method to grow a business, it forces you to focus on those clients, right? It forces you to focus on the servicing part, right? So a lot of people take this strategy and then like, okay, cool, you know what I do every year or every six months is just to do policy review, right? just to cross that upsell or if there's a new product then I'll come in and then you know we just sell them and, and whatnot right that's usually kind of like the idea I think everybody's good at the selling but you know or at the pitching but the problem is that not all your clients are going to buy from you purely because the servicing part isn't there right I wouldn't I'm not going to go into deep but like basically you know there's a few ways right so the first one is the standard okay cool everybody do a policy review right so do policy review you know I'm going to cross sell you upsell you that usually leads to that right so it leads to, let me just add in here, leads to cross-sell and upsell. Now, the thing here is that policy review is something that is so overused that, in, and if you, obviously, if you use it across the years, like every year or every six months, you do the exact same thing. Uh, the problem is that your clients are going to, you know, be sick and tired of it, right? Which is, oh, you know, this person is coming back to me again, is texting me because, 
you know, need to look at my policy and go to sell me something, right? So this usually is what, uh, usually what happens, especially you are longer in the business. So the second thing that I think most people do not emphasize or look at, right, is the relationship building part, right? And the relationship building part basically means like, you know, just having a coffee with them, catching up with them with no specific agenda, just by showing interest, right, in them you know, showing that you truly care for them in that sense, right? So after you have done that, then what happens is that they are more inclined to open up even themselves in terms of like, cool, you know, hey, I remember, you know, I want to look into an investment plan and whatnot, right? And that usually happens if you show them that you care, show that you put the relationship first, then the resources that you're looking for, right? It's more like, okay, you give and after that, you know, there is a chance that you will get, okay? So obviously, the more you do this, the higher the chance that your clients will come and buy from you and especially when you open up policies that you know they might not have or they need to top up in that sense okay so um, this is the second way um, to to really emphasize on right and this is the reason why the third strategy of you know um, increased frequency of purchases really forces you to focus on those clients and focus on the relationships focus on servicing them planning out their cash flow etc etc and being there for them right and I think that will make, you know, a little bit more of the client-centric kind of like mentality and therefore, you know, allowing, you know, uh, and, and growing your business in that way, right? Which is perfect, right? Because you care for your clients, the clients buy from you again, and, you know, the lifetime value of your customers is a lot longer, okay? So if you look at all these three um, strategies, right? The first one, you know, a lot of people obviously use it, right? You know, get more clients and, you know, that's where I would say even like, 80% of the advisors, right, focus their attention on, which is how to get more clients, get more clients, get more clients, right? The problem with getting more clients, like I mentioned, is a couple of things. First one, doesn't necessarily translate into a huge increase in production. That's number one, uh, because of different cases, etc., etc. The second one is that, you know, there's only so many clients or so many prospects or appointments you can really get, especially if, let's say, you're in Singapore, for example, there's only so many, right? And it really pulls the attention away from like servicing clients, right? This is the reason why like, you know, even though some advisors have like two, 300 clients, their clientele, they're still focusing on getting more appointments, right? When in fact, if you have already 50, 100, 200 clients, you can still get more production and grow advisory business by increasing case size, number one. And number two, going back to these clients, building those relationships, showing them that you care, and then, you know, growing your business from there, right? So that's kind of like, you know, an alternate view, uh, viewpoint or perspective that you can apply because then this pulls you away from like, okay, hunting, getting more clients versus, okay, now I want to service my clients, care for them. And then in return, you know, they obviously will buy from me if my service is good, etc., etc. It was one thing that just popped on my mind, right? There's one thing, you know, that I always remember is, is that I don't think we actually want more clients, right? Or like want a lot more appointments a week. I think what we want at the end of the day is more production, more commissions and everything else, right? And we usually tend to associate more commissions, productions with more clients, right? So that's kind of like, like the thing over there. Hopefully, you know, now you're able to see and kind of like unlock uh, the other two ways to grow your business without adding more clients, okay? So again, you know, I hope this is helpful for you. Like if you're thinking of how to increase your production for your advisory business, these three ways to be very, very useful and these three are the only way to grow your advisory business. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode was useful to you. And here's two other ways that can help you grow your advisory business for free. Number one, go to Instagram and search Ben to the right. And number two, go to YouTube and search Ben to the right. And remember to leave a five-star review on this podcast so that we can gain more access to more people and redirect those lessons back over here to you.